The Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by GoToWebinar, web events and online meetings made easy. Visit GoToWebinar.com and start your free 30-day trial today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Avinash Kaushik. He is the author of the really just recently published uh, book, Web Analytics 2.0, and the best-selling book on a similar subject, Web Analytics an Hour a Day. Uh, And just uh, coincidentally, or of note, I should say, uh, 100% of the proceeds from both of these books are donated to the Smile Train Doctors Without Borders, and you're going to have to help me out, Avinash, the the last uh, 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 benefactor. So welcome for joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah, the last one is Ekal Vidyalay. It's it's a small. It's a charity that runs schools uh, for children in India in, in very 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 rural areas, and and school is sort of a glorified name for it because it just collects children under trees and, and tries to try to kind of get them to to learn something and give them a new lease in life. So huh. it's it's a fun little charity. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, I think it's amazing that you're doing this. I I certainly was aware of your books and and only in doing a little research for some of what we were going to talk about today did I realize that you were doing that. I think that is a, a tremendous thing for you to be doing. Thank you very much. So when we last spoke, uh, web analytics an hour a day really was kind of hot off the presses, and and now web analytics 2.0. And I'm I'm assuming, and maybe I shouldn't, but maybe you'll tell us <laughs> that it, it is what you've learned since then, or is it would you would you categorize it as as something other than that? No, I think I think it's it's sort of what I have learned since then, and um, it also tackles a lot of new areas that have emerged yeah. um, that sort of really didn't exist two years ago, and and it is a slightly more advanced book, so it it sort of kicks it up a notch towards the second half of the book. Um, so it's it's sort of um, all of those three things combined. <laughs> now, do you have a, a nice, tight uh, uh, definition of what the heck Web Analytics 2.0 is? Oh, absolutely. I think that for the most part, Web Analytics has been defined by clickstream analysis, which is sort of using Google Analytics and Omniture and Web Trends to analyze clicks of the people who come to your website. And in, in the sort of expanding uh, the, the concept, what I have done is that Web Analytics 2.0 includes uh, doing surveys and usability studies to collect qualitative data from our people who engage with our website so we understand why people behave the way they do because our clickstream data doesn't contain why, it only contains what. Web Analytics 2.0 also contains two other elements, which is this whole idea of failing faster by you leveraging the power of testing and experimentation online. And lastly, the idea of leveraging your competitors' data in order to uh, figure out what your competitors are doing that are working well for them and what they are doing that is not working well for them. So you use your competitors' data in order to do better online marketing yourself. So those, those sort of components are ones that people typically don't include in web analytics. And, and in, in 2.0, I've sort of expanded the definition of the data we use to make higher to get high ROI from what we do online. Yeah, you're you're right. So often people want to know how many hits and visits they have, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, um, I, I'm sensing you're going a little deeper than that. You know, I I, I look, 
I love the uh, the idea of this failing faster too. I, I have for years used uh, Google's uh, pay-per-click uh, tool as as a way to test headlines. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think that we one of the things that has vastly expanded in the last few years is our ability to not just test our landing pages and the calls to action. Right when I when I land, I, I search for a flight from San Francisco to Milan. And the first ad was from Expedia. I landed on Expedia's homepage, and it advertised flights within the United States, giving me a deal to fly to Orlando. And, like, what's that? Yeah. And it, <laughs> I, I, I searched for flights from San Francisco to Milan, and, and you knew that because I, the keyword came to you and you bid on an ad. Um, so testing and experimentation is, of course, to make landing pages more relevant. But the other cool thing that has happened in the last couple of years, I think, is that we've stretched the idea of experimentation to many more things. So, for example, one of the experiments that we conducted with a company not too long ago, and it's in the book, is about trying to figure out, can online advertising substitute mailers that go to people's houses every Friday about the weekend sales? But that, that's an experiment, actually. You can run and validate if that's a good idea. So experimentation and testing can be about a lot of different things, about things moving online, offline, about things you're doing with your landing pages, things you want to just try. Um, you know, is television advertising better at driving people to your website, or is radio one better? Well, that is an experiment right there. So I, I, I do tell people that some of the hardest questions you know, in our life can only be answered as a result of an experiment and and that's why i give controlled experimentation this this whole concept of controlled experimentation so much sort of coverage in the book because i really do think it, it is sort of a gift from god for us online marketers well and and imagine all of us have been wasting all of our time in churches and synagogues and mosques and now, <laughs> and, and now you have the answer <laughs> no, God gave it to us at the end of our prayer. <laughs> okay. So, so if I'm out there going, gosh, you know, I I hadn't imagined that, that I could do some of that. What are some of the basic tools? Uh, I, I'm assuming we're we're using free and and in some cases uh, low cost tools that have the the internet has spawned uh, recently. So, what are what are some of the ba- what's my basic tool set look like? So uh, there is a matrix in Chapter 2, I think, uh, of the book that outlines um, sort of if you're a small business owner, you're going to use these three tools. If you're a large business owner, you're going to use those three tools and things like that. So it it maps out to the size of business um, what tools, uh, areas that I recommend. But I think that at the very minimum, the, 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 the three things that I would encourage people to do, just three, is use a free tool like Yahoo Web Analytics or Google Analytics. Either one of those tools is actually wonderful. So it doesn't matter if you use a tool from Yahoo or Google. It doesn't really matter. They're both wonderful tools. These are tools that will help you manage much, much better the areas where you're spending money today. So if you do a lot of email campaigns, use these tools to measure ROI. If you do search campaigns, use that. Wherever The number one thing any business should do is say, where am I spending money today? And am I making enough profit from that? And that's where tools like Google and Yahoo Analytics are wonderful. Those are free ones. Of course, there are tons of paid tools that you could tap into as well. The second thing I would recommend is to use a free tool called 4Q, the number 4 and the alphabet Q. It's an on-exit survey that I had developed with a company in Canada called iPerceptions. And when people leave your website, they are asked four simple questions. 
And the questions are, were you satisfied with your visit? Why did you come to our website, primary purpose? Were you able to complete your task, task completion rate? And if you did not complete your task, why not? And 4Q is really wonderful because A, you ask people when they leave your website, it's free of course, and, and this is your own customer's words telling you areas at which you suck, <laughs> things that you are not doing well. These things you don't have to interpret using complex amounts of data from Google and Yahoo Analytics. These are your customer's own words telling you exactly what things are broken and why they are coming to your website. And so rather than you or I, John, guessing what to fix on the website, we're just going to use our customer's input to figure out where should focus on. So that's the tool number two I would recommend. And, and once you do those two in those two priority orders, the third one I would encourage people to consider is uh, uh, Google's website optimizer. It's an A-B and multivariate testing tool. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, it's the only free tool available to do that. Um, if you're interested in paid tools, there are wonderful paid tools from Omniture, SiteSpec, Optimus, things like that. But, but you can start with Optimizer very easily and free, of course. Uh, but you can really start to run an A-B test in about six and a half minutes. The only requirement is you have an idea. So do this simple exercise. Open Google or Yahoo Analytics. Look at the top 20 landing pages on your website. Find the, uh, the landing pages with the highest bounce rate. Those are the pages you need to fix using A-B tests. Because bounce rate essentially measures for websites, not for blogs, but for websites, what bounce rate measures is, I came, I puked, I left. <laughs> and, and so what, what, what this is telling you is you've got these top 20 home pages, essentially, of your website. The landing pages are the home page indeed and which ones of them the highest bounce rate. You'd use simple experiments to write, create the correct call to actions, content, images, and immediately you're on your way to profitability. So those, that's, that's sort of the basic recipe I would give to any business to start web analytics with. Well, and uh, I, I think your recipe didn't cost them anything but uh, some time and sweat too uh, from, from putting together those free tools. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, the the, the the most when I go and speak to groups, the, the biggest question I get is, how can I measure my ROI on social media? <laughs> and I'm sure you get that a lot because I know you you address that uh, very specifically. So, what are some, what are what's your take on measuring social or media ROI? Oh, absolutely. I, I actually, in fact, uh, John, I'll send you a link. I just finished writing about this two weeks ago on my blog, and it was very specifically targeted. Uh, to, to report recommending metrics that people should use to measure Twitter. That was a very mm -hmm. specific uh, tool I addressed. Of course, in the book, I talk about YouTube and I talk about blogs and everything else, right? Um, but on my blog, I just wrote about uh, Twitter. And, and indeed, the, the thing I encourage people to do is look beyond the measurement of hits. You know, HITS stands for How Idiots Track Success. <laughs> and, and I think that what we end up doing, that was a quote directly from Katie Payne. And, and the thing that people end up doing in the social media world is when they immerse themselves to think about data, they start reporting HITS, which is they'll report the number of followers they have, the number of updates they have done on Twitter, and, and those kinds of things. And I think that those are all really useless ones. Or another useless metrics is the, the ratio between followers and following. And it's completely useless metrics. So 
the metrics I recommend focus on measuring outcomes from social media. So in this case, if I were just to take um, Twitter, for example, my favorite metric on Twitter is, uh, is called ma uh, message amplification. And the metrics is number of retweets per thousand followers number of retweets per thousand followers and essentially that's very important because at the moment on twitter i have uh, 16,000 followers and and at best if all of them were paying attention i can only reach 16,000 people max and that by the way that never happens right, right, right. less than 10 percent of the people are paying attention to you at any given time on twitter that's mm -hmm. kind of sad but it's true mm -hmm. so by by getting by writing something of value I can get other people to pass my message on to the network so that other people who might not even be in my network or not even paying attention to me are being exposed to my brand and what I'm saying. So I love measuring message amplification because I use a tool called Graph Edge and what it tells me, it measures my second, the unique names in my second level network. Essentially what it is is the unique people who follow the people who follow me. So, so basically, let's say, John, you follow me, mm -hmm. and how many people follow you, and, and so on and so forth for all my followers. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, my second level network is 1.3 million unique names. Mm -hmm. So, so by, get, by, by saying something of value to the Twitter ecosystem, if many people retreat my, what I say, I have a capacity to reach 1.3 million people. Now, now that's never going to happen, right? right? But the thing to realize, it's still vastly superior to the 16,000 I have access to. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thinking that I encourage people to think about social media, which is to say, what are the true desirable outcomes that you want? And then go use metrics for measuring that. Another one I really like real quick is... Well, let, let me ask you before you jump into yeah, that. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what tool do you actually use to collect all your, re, I mean, to, to collect your retweets? Or does this Graph Edge do that? Uh, actually, um, uh, the tool I use is Retweetist. It's okay. a tool uh, from, by somebody in Japan, Retweetist. Okay. Um, and, and you can do that. And of course, um, there are many tools that will measure the number of retweets that you do, including Graph Edge and Clout and other tools. Those are two tools I recommend, by the way, for Twitter analytics. Graph Edge and Cloud, K-L-O-U-T. Um, um, those are both really wonderful tools. So, and you, you can really, even if you don't use, use Retweetist, you can measure uh, number of retweets per thousand followers. It's it's really an uh, easy thing to do, even in Excel, if you want. Uh, but the other one, uh, John, I think a lot of I, uh, 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 people make a mistake with Twitter, is that they treat it as a shout channel, mm -hmm. just like they do TV, radio, magazines. Those are all shout channels where where you have no capacity to engage anybody in a conversation, so you just shout at them, right? And you on TV, you shout at them every three seconds, right? Twitter is not a shout channel. And yet most big brands and even medium-sized to small-sized companies use Twitter as shout channel. We just do PR and we yell at people, and, and, and that's really suboptimal behavior. So the metric I like is called conversation rate. And conversation rate is the number of replies sent per day and the number of replies received per day. And I use twitter-friends.com to measure that. twitter-friends.com. And the wonderful thing is I can go there today and I can see that I'm sending eight replies per day against a benchmark of three, and I'm receiving 86 replies per day against a benchmark of eight, I think. Mm -hmm. So what it is telling me is that I am participating in Twitter not as a shout channel, 
but I'm conversing with people. I reply to people. I engage with them in a conversation. And yet, when I run the numbers on Twitter, dash friends of many other brands, you'll see that they simply shout at people just to do a TV. And then they are surprised that their Twitter, Twitter channel and, and Twitter strategy is so pathetic and has no result on their business. Yeah. So, so when I think about Twitter, when I think about social media, my focus is to understand what is unique about this medium and then am I participating in that medium in a unique way? Measuring number of retweets per thousand followers, measuring conversation rate uh, are both great ways to measure real substantive participation in Twitter. And that's really what I encourage. Um, we're, we are about out of time, but there's one other issue that I'd love for you to tackle because mm -hmm. I think it's going to be, well, it's been around for a while, but I think we're really going to see it explode, I think, in this next year. And that's this whole idea of mobile marketing and, and measuring the, the use, you know, how people are using phones to consume content and visit sites. I wonder if you could talk about, uh, are there some special things that we're, we're going to need to start uh, getting our head around for that? Absolutely. I, I, I just did a webinar last uh, Friday. It was the free webinar on mobile analytics for Market Motive, uh, my company. And in that webinar, the things I stressed is that measurement for mobile will be distinct and unique from measuring our websites. Mm -hmm. And, and um, since we are sort of a bit short on time, I would recommend people to go to Percent Mobile, one word, Percent Mobile, and it's a free mobile analytics tool. Anybody can sign up. Um, if if your, your listeners are listening to us in the next few days, use the invitation code Avinash, just my first name, and that will get you access to it uh, because it's, it's, it's free. But the access is limited, so. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> but 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 they can use that to sign up, and what they will start noticing, and, and it's a free tool, is that for their own websites, they will start to notice what kind of phones are people using to mm -hmm. access my websites. Are they monoblock phones? They are clamshell phones. How many people are accessing my website through Wi-Fi versus a cell phone network, right? And and how many of those people are converting on my website? And it starts to give you a unique and nuanced view about your web business um, through a mobile phone. And, and most web analytics tools today in the market, including Google Analytics, by the way, do not give you that kind of a view of your data. So um, let me just say, encourage people to try that tool. There are, there are many tools, of course, but that's just one that's free. Uh, you can implement it on your site and get some really good, solid metrics about your mobile browsing and start appreciating how much of a value mobile provides for your business. It could be yes, a lot, or no, not a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting too. You're, you're, you're right because I, I think there's, a, there's always a, a, a feeling that if, gosh, everybody's talking about something, I'm missing out <laughs> if I don't jump into it. And I, and I think you're absolutely right that there's a lot of people two years ago that, that you know, thought they had to be on Twitter, but didn't know why. But you're you're right, absolutely. Measuring is how you find out you know, what, at the very least, what your priorities are. Exactly, exactly. I have a very good understanding about one about two percent of my site traffic for my blog. I have about eighty thousand visits a month. Mm -hmm. About two percent accesses it through mobile. I have a good understanding of what countries they come from, what content they consume, and I have reskinned my blog for mobile access to make sure it comes out easy and things like that. 
But when it comes to investing most of my dollars, I continue to invest on making my website better while, uh, you know, making sure it works on mobile. But I'm not going to go all crazy on mobile, just for me personally, yeah. uh, because I have a good understanding of the data. I, I, I think that some companies make the mistake of buying the hype and investing money that they already don't have <laughs> in an area that won't have the highest possible ROI. So just use data to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, and small businesses are you know are the worst. I mean, in some ways, because they are very <laughs> strapped, not only financially but just time. A lot of times, they're doing their own thing, and and so if, for them just to have enough data to say here's our priority um, is probably uh, probably a blessing all by itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Avinash, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I intend to. Web Analytics 2.0 is one of those books that, that uh, I intend to consume completely by the time the year is out. Uh, but it just what you've shared with us today uh, is, is enough to keep somebody busy for a week. So I appreciate uh, your willingness to, to give so much. And uh, where people can get the book, I know it, uh, you've set up a site uh, just for the book, right? Exactly, yes. Um, it's just webanalytics20.com um, or just type the name into Google. Um, and it's been a pleasure. It's always fun to be on a podcast with you. And, and I wish your uh, listeners happy analytics this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll surely run into each other again somewhere out there. Thank you. Thanks. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast was brought to you by GoToWebinar where you can increase your reach and have unlimited webinars for one low rate. Visit gotowebinar.com and start your free 30-day trial today.